Hello, and welcome to One Real Good Thing, where we dive into one thing you can do today to propel your life in a healthy direction. I'm Ellie Krieger, and in this episode, I'm talking with Emma Poole, my personal favorite yoga instructor who infuses her class with intuitive movement, storytelling, and wisdom from her own experience and practice. Whether you're into yoga or not, Emma's one real good thing, be kinder than you need to be, is a notion that seems quite simple on the surface, but can have a huge ripple effect in your life and in the world around you. I know it has for me. Listen. Emma Poole, thank you so much for joining us today. It's great to have you here. Oh, I'm so happy to be here. So I want to tell everyone about you because you have really been so influential in my life. So Emma is my yoga teacher, really. I have been taking Emma's class for the past several years, every week at least. And it literally resets me every single week when I take your class. It resets me physically. It resets me emotionally. But I want everyone to know here that whether you're into yoga or not, what Emma has to say and what her one real good thing is, it pertains to everyone, whether you're a yoga person or not a yoga person. So just so you know that at the, at the outset. But one of the things that you do in your class is at the beginning of class, I think almost all classes that I know of that you've done, you kind of start with a little bit of something to think about. Maybe it's something that's moved you this week or something you've been thinking about or a, a kind of a motivation in a way. Um, and there's one in particular that you said, I mean, it always affects me. And it's interesting because as we're doing the class, it's almost like a moving meditation, your class. So you can't help almost, but marinate on this thought that you've presented at the beginning. And I use the word marinate because you know me, I'm going to throw out a food pun. It's just, the, it's just going to happen, a food <laughs> yeah. analogy. Um, but anyway, there was one in particular that really affected me. So I asked Emma to come on today to talk about it. And it is be kinder than you need to be. And it sounds so simple. But we're going to dig into it a little bit, and, and I want to explain also how it affected me. But even before we kind of get into that, Emma, I want everyone to, I want to introduce you to everyone. So if you could just like tell us how you got into yoga, you know, how long you've been teaching and why you started. Yeah, absolutely. And thank you for having me. It's such an honor. I love you and I love guiding you. <laughs> um, so... I, I grew up in a household that was very into wellness and holistic stuff kind of before it was a trend. I mean, this was back in, in the early nineties. <laughs> so I can, I can give my mother credit for that. Um, but it was probably not until high school that I, I took my first yoga class and I had no idea what it was, but it was at this local gym that my mom worked out at. And one day I just saw all these people moving. And I think they must've been doing vinyasa. And I said, oh, that looks interesting. I want, I want to be a part of that. So I started going after I finished my homework on, I think it was like Tuesday nights and I was the youngest one in class, but I just loved how I felt. I loved the, I mean, it felt like choreography a little bit. And I loved how she would talk all the time about these life lessons. So being an angsty 17 year old, I, I was feeling really ahead of my times when I would go to yoga and then go back and tell all my friends the wisdom. 
And then uh, fast forward about 10 years, well, a little under 10 years, I was, uh, had just graduated college. I went to school in a very rigorous program for musical theater where it was, um, it was very planted in my mind that I was going to be doing this one thing forever. So I was going to be an actor, go to New York, be on Broadway. And I just had a really hard time with the industry. And I, I kept finding myself coming back to the yoga room in times where I was stressed out or overwhelmed. And I got to the point where I felt the most like myself when I was in class and it all happened very quickly. I stopped waiting tables. I put acting on a hiatus and I said, I'm just going to try a teacher training. I'm going to try a yoga teacher training and see what happens. Uh, and then it was during the training. I think I just had this little feeling inside of me and I thought, I think I can do this. I, th I think, I think I feel really embodied in this role. And, um, it's been a very slow and steady start. It's been nine years now and it took me about three to four years to really find my voice as a teacher, I think. But, um, yeah, I've been doing it nonstop and I just love, I love my work. I love the people I meet and I love reminding everybody that they can, they can heal themselves ultimately. And it's, you have really influenced so many people because if I may, there was literally standing room only in your class this past <laughs> week with people outside the room following <laughs> along. So, I mean, it's really so many people you're touching, but, and, and I want people to know also that, you know, we're in New York and Emma teaches at Equinox for one thing, but around any, wherever you are, you can take her class because she has a class that she does regularly on her Zoom account. And I'm going to provide a link to that on the website under in the podcast section here. So you can check out Emma's class if you're interested in that at wherever you may be. Um, <laughs> but like, let's dig into this. So you start every class with this kind of thought, this sort of wisdom, as you may call it. And so well, why do you do that? What is, what, are, what is your intention there? I know what it does for me as a, as a practitioner, but what is your intention in doing that? Um, I think my main intention is bridging any type of wall between myself as a teacher and you as a student. Uh, when I really started digging into the way that I wanted to teach, it was because I thought about what type, what type of yoga class would I want to take? And whenever I would take class where the teacher began sharing something at the beginning that, that felt authentic, you know, it came from a place that was grounded. I just really related to it. And I felt like it made the experience so much more full. Um, and so it took me a little bit of time to, to give that nugget at the start of class, but now I just, I feel like it, it makes us all be on the same level at the beginning where I can say, Hey, this is what's going on with me. I'm going to share a little bit and, and maybe you can get some wisdom from that. But um, I don't know. It, it turns it into sort of a story being told rather than just we're coming here and moving our body. And I think it, it infuses the class with meaning. And what I want to encourage people to do with this particular one real good thing is this was said at the beginning of a yoga class. And then it sort of makes you, as I said, marinate on it through the class and maybe even through the week or however long. Um, but I think this is an opportunity for everyone who's listening to take this little nugget of wisdom 
and literally bring that with you today. Bring that with you this week and, and, and take it along and see what happens, right? Um, and so the wisdom nugget is be kinder than you need to be. So this is what you said. You know, you had a little um, story about it in the beginning, which I've forgotten the story. I just remember the I message. I probably forgot too. <laughs> I feel like I blacked out when I touched the um, But be kinder than you need to be. And this affected me so much because I feel like I am genuinely a kind person. I do. I don't feel like that's a stretch for me but I don't know if I'm kinder than I need to be. (laughs) I mean, I feel like I am, uh, and especially in New York, I think sometimes you can get sort of, things get hectic and everyone's sort of in your space and you get bristly kind of. And I feel like I'm ultimately kind, but I get these this bristly out exterior that sometimes forms. And this notion of being kinder than you need to be suddenly softened me. It softened me in my approach to people. It softened me, whether it was on the street or even if someone maybe disappointed me and didn't take out the trash or whatever. That's you, Tom, (laughs) my husband. (laughs) Uh I would be maybe kinder about it in that way. And so in my relationship. So I found it to be a really, um, and did I need to be kind? I mean, it was his miss, right? He was supposed to do that. But being kinder than I needed to be even has changed me. And I really appreciate that. So I guess I want to know what you mean by that when you say it um, and what you hope people to take away from that notion. Well, I love hearing that it's affected you. And it, I, I mean, that's the whole point. That's why I share it. So that's awesome to hear. Um, I think this is a notion that's so simple. And because it's so simple, it's so easy to forget <laughs> and to not really think about. Um, And even though kindness is a teaching of yoga and something that I've tried to embody my whole life, I will say it's been the last couple of years with the pandemic that has made me think about it way more than I've ever thought about it. And I think that's because I talk to all of you. I talk to all of my students on a pretty much daily basis. And the the biggest thing I've noticed is that everyone is going through it in some way. And we don't always know that because people are really good at putting on a mask or a happy face. And I think because I know that everyone is going through it is ultimately what led me to, to say, God, you know, no matter how we feel on any given day, it would probably benefit the world in a huge way if I was just a little bit kinder than I needed to be. Even if you have a day where you wake up and you don't feel like being kind, <laughs> Normally, it has that ripple effect anyway. Um, If I look back at at the time that I shared it in class, I think it had to do with a conversation I was having with a person about the state of the world and how overwhelming and discouraging it can feel. And how do we stay? How do we stay yogic? What What even does that mean within these times? And for me, when we really diluted it, you know, beyond the physical practice, beyond the breathing, be a kind person. And, and how can I make that an actionable thing in my life? Um, And it's like what you said, it's starting a, a conversation with your cashier or paying for somebody's coffee, who's in line behind you, um, or actually listening when somebody is having a conversation and not just thinking of the next thing you're going to say, you know, it's like, 
these little, little tiny things that sprout into the big things. So that's where it came from. And it totally reverberates because when you, even if you're cranky, you're feeling cranky that day, if you act kindly and you bring that out into the world, it kind of bounces back to you. And sometimes people are startled by it. Mm. Uh, So even in class, like let's take this back to yoga class. Sometimes I feel like people are like uh, maybe territorial about their space and they get like kind of in the beginning, everyone's a little bit stressed. They're not going to, they're going to be crowded or something. And simply saying to someone, Oh, I'll move over. There's plenty of room. Mm-hmm. Even if in your heart, you're like, please don't stay, go don't stay next to me. <laughs> but if you literally say those words, like there's plenty of room for everyone, yeah. that person will suddenly be more conscientious about you. And it's just contagious. It's completely contagious. And so it affects how you walk through the world. Yeah. Um, so, so it does affect the world. I mean, I do think that it's that ripple effect thing, that it's that one small thing mm-hmm. and a mindset um, so I wanted to ask you what this has to do with yoga, because most people think, okay, yoga is like this physical fitness sort of thing, <laughs> or many people think that. And so you kind of touched on this, that, that is a yogic thing. So mm-hmm. explain to us what this has to do with yoga at all. Is How is this yoga? Sure. So the Western yoga that most of us know about, we associate with poses, just like you said, but yoga is actually, it's this really well thought out kind of eight step path that was prescribed many, many, many years ago. And this eight step path is ultimately encouraging people to have a sense of union with themselves and with the world around them. I mean, the word yoga means union. And in order to have union, you need two, two things. So you can think of it as yourself and your, your higher self, the spiritual world. You could think of it as your breath and your body But ultimately, this little pathway is hoping to bring you to a state of being where you just trust and feel that everything is going to be okay. And it's when we get to that state, I think that we more naturally and organically believe that kindness is everybody's truest nature. Um, And it's kind of, you know, it can get a little bit esoteric if you really keep talking about it, but when I think of what yoga is, it's the practice of loving kindness um, toward yourself, first and foremost. And that's a really interesting point, because when we were discussing this, I was thinking about how I'm bringing kindness to others and being kinder than I need to be to others. Mm -hmm. But you had brought up the notion of also being kinder than you need to be to yourself. And Mm -hmm. that is huge. I mean, that's huge from a, as a nutritional as a nutrition professional, because so much of what we do in terms of our body image and how we feel about ourselves and the way we nourish ourselves Mm. has to do with kindness. We deserve nourishment. We deserve to have uh, fulfillment and satisfaction, and we deserve to be kind to ourselves, even if we're not perfect, which there's no such thing. Mm -hmm. But I think we, we are sometimes really quite mean to ourselves. <laughs> I often say, be, be your, as you would if to yourself, if you were your best friend, how, yes. would, you talk, how would you talk to yourself? And yeah. that is sort of being kinder than you need to be because yes. that's what you would expect from a best friend. Yes. And, and well, I think somebody said to me once, if I, if I was able to take out all of the thoughts that I have on a daily basis and the way that I talk to myself and write them down on paper, 
would I want to be friends with that person? And it's, I was like, oof, because I could think of moments where I absolutely did not feel kind. I was thinking of you and your line of work and how cooking is inherently nourishing, obviously with the nutrients that you're giving people, but also the intention behind it. And that intention is inherently kind because it's, it's showing up with more presence. Um, and so we, there are so many ways that you can nourish yourself. It's not just yoga, although that's one way, but it's also nourishing yourself with the conversations that you're having, the people you're spending time with, these little things that become the big things. This is definitely one of those small things that ends up being a bigger thing. And thank you so much for being here today, Emma, to share this with us. I hope everyone checks out your class on Zoom. And I look forward to seeing you in class this week again. Yay. Thank you so much for having me, Ellie. And thank you for the work that you do in spreading awareness and kindness and intention into your um, into your life and to your followers and your friends and me. So I appreciate you. Right back at you. Thanks. Thank you. I'll see you soon. Thanks for listening. I hope this conversation has inspired you to try to be kinder than you need to be. You really can't go wrong. Go to elliekrieger.com to learn more about Emma Poole and where to find her class. And join me next time for another One Real Good Thing.